We are the Looking Like the Enemy 2 group for Period 6, and I'm your group leader and interviewer, Kazer. I am your historian, Angel. I'm your divider, Priscilla. I'm Gabriel. And I'm Sebastian. Okay, let's get started. I think we were on, what, chapters 13? And then to the yeah. end of the book, there's like, what, chapter 18? So anything, mm-hmm. anyone want to say what happened in chapter 13? Who wrote it? Oh, me. Right here. This time was important to Mary because she remembered how the concentration camp, how she came to the concentration camp, and she was worried the U.S. government would do any, would do something to her or her family. She met a few people along the way and gone through many struggles with her family and and a lot and, and etc. And she was trying to under, understand her, herself during this time, and was very thoughtful for her family as well. Yeah, anything to say on that? I'm just going to guess we have exactly not much to say on here. Yeah, this chapter is... It was pretty mellow, I guess. Or mellow as it is, I guess. It pretty much just talks about them just, you know, starting pretty much here and asking themselves if we're, like, pretty much okay or not. Yeah. Pretty much having faith, I guess, pretty much that they'll be fine together as a family. True, true. Okay, then, since we don't have, like, much, I guess I'll, like, move on to Chapter 14. Basically, Yonichi's departure was, like, coming up. And, you know, like, they were just messing around, and then, like, Yonichi made a funny face, and then, like, the group decided to pray together because, you know, they just needed some comfort, and Mary's mom was, like, a devoted Methodist, I think that's what's pronounced. Like, like Mary's mom would just, like, shed a tear every now and then, and all days got longer and longer. Like, one thing... Um, Mary's mom, or what they describe in the book, Mama-san said was, Sabishi desune. And I was like, it's lonely, isn't it? Because, you know, Yonichi was going to leave. And then later on, it was, like, discovered that Mary has tuberculosis, and, like, one of the d- nurses, or what, I think it was a doctor or a nurse, something like that at the hospital, was, like, recommending Mary to be, like, a nurse because of, like, her interests stuff. Does anyone want to say anything about that? Uh, if you don't know what tuberculosis is, it is a lung infection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> basically, you just start coughing a lot. There's a stuff in your lungs. Well, there's buildup in your lungs. I'll talk about like the the praying part. Is anyone like here like religious? No, not really, but I did get like bashed on for doing something at a temple. What? I guess my family is kind of relig- religious when somebody dies. Does that count? Yeah, I guess that counts. Okay. 
Um, exactly the same. So you guys don't like, because I'm not really considering myself religious, basically. But you guys don't like pray or like go to church every week or something like that. Do you? No, well, no, no. Really it's not like I'm very religious. So. I don't know. Yeah, so, I don't, so not everyone here is like that religious. Yeah. No. But like, just imagine like the days getting longer and longer, just waiting for someone big in your life to just leave. That's actually really sad. Yeah, it's sad. I, I, yeah. I don't know how I would deal with that. I don't know. I don't know. Wait, I just want to ask a question. Is that like a common thing with our generation? Sort of like losing religion? I, I think guess. So. I think it's like in the, like all, like the Gen Zers. Yeah. Gen Zers. <laughs> Gen Zers. <laughs> Yeah, it's part of it because, you know, religion seems like less and less important to, like, younger people. And, like, you know, because of, like, a lot of the morals of, like, religion, whether it's, like, to quit doing certain things or you shouldn't be a certain person. I don't know. Religion is just weird. Like, it's so constricting. And I don't know. I don't really have like the care yeah. you know well uh religion i think was first brought up to like answer questions that couldn't be answered at that time so like yeah. uh where do we go when we die so people um create these certain images to fit those little puzzles i guess i've always wondered I oh, no, you to me <laughs> okay to me, religion has always been like a scare tactic to people, and it's always it's always seemed like such a, even if the religion isn't white man like like mm-hmm. Christianity, it's always super restricting to me, and it seemed like you know these are like guidelines to scare people to believe like oh if you don't believe in this, it's almost like a cult, but a cult that has evolved that it doesn't get a bad rep, you know. Like, my family used to be part, you know, you guys don't know what Mormons are, right? Yeah, yeah. my family used to be yeah. part of that. Like, I, I always get really, I felt something was really off about them until, like, I was, like, what, 12? I realized, yeah, I shouldn't be a part of this religion, you know? Because, like, in their beliefs, they, like, they believe in, like, being really racist and homophobic. And I was, like, nah, I'm not, that's not it. It's not it. Yeah. Oh, like cult like. My Yeah, Mormonism is very scary to me. My I remember when my mom first came to America. She thought, you know how Mormons are on their bikes? Yeah. Have you guys ever seen them riding around? She thought they were ice at the time and she was really scared of them. <laughs> but I'm like going door to door to try to sell somebody your religion is just not the way to do it. No, because, like, what they do is, like, they try to guilt trip you. Like, it, they'll know if you're going through something big, and then they'll, like, just step on your door and then, like, be really manipulative and, like, guilt trip you into being in part of their religion. That's a, that's a, that's a very oh, cult-like oh. tactic. It is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so weird. Um, There's, like, a lot I could say about it, but I don't know. It'll probably take up the entire time. 
Honestly, I feel like that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are we ready to move on from all okay. this religious stuff part? Yeah. Yeah. Sort of. It's like okay. about the tuberculosis part. Can anyone relate? Yeah. Well, um, no, but. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what should I say? Um, we have a we have a pandemic going around, right? We we, we have yeah. a certain virus mm-hmm. that you know infects. Well, I guess our breathing. So yeah, how do I how do I go with this? I don't really know. <laughs> it's kind of like the same. I guess they both have to do with lungs. Yeah. Okay. But I wasn't as. Well, I guess everyone's different. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. You can go. No, it's fine. It's fine. No, honestly, just interrupt us. We're so yeah, annoying. Fine. That's what I was about to say anyway. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Are we ready to move on to chapter 15? Um, yeah, yeah I guess. Yeah, okay, I did that one. So in chapter 15, um, okay, I don't know how to say his name. Do you guys know how to Right, I thought Yunichi, it was the day of his departure to combat. Um, Mary was also getting ready to train as a nurse. And the rest of the chapter, they sort of have, well, not the rest of the chapter, but like the beginning and like like the middle part of the chapter, they sort of have this goodbye. And like, they don't do like their traditional thing where they bow down. They like hug each other. And it's like, I guess it's sort of emotional since they're saying goodbye. And like, it's, it's a common thing um, for... A mother to like let go when when a, a mother's son is like a soldier, like and they're departing like this. Like the mother is like expecting completely for this like the their son to die. So that's how that's how like the tone of this this story is. And ooh, what was it? What else was there? Oh, and then they oh this is also interesting. So they had like sort of this racial interaction. Like it was sort of like a, it was like undertones of, of racism. And just like lack of knowledge, and there was just this one person who makes up this one. Well, I'm not really sure who it was, but she called her a Chinese girl, and she was actually Japanese. And um, the question I wanted to follow up with this was: Have you guys ever been confused with another like ethnicity or nationality? Well, being Chinese, um, yes, I've been mistaken as Korean and Japanese. I've been mistaken for a Korean, (laughs) Chinese, Hawaiian, and Mexican. Whoa. Whoa. I don't know why, but these girls in my sixth grade class thought I was Indian. And I was like, (laughs) I'm very, I look very Mexican. There was like no correlation there. That's so crazy. I don't know. It feels weird because um, when I went to what, like the first few weeks, everyone thought I was like just Asian. Like they didn't think I was, like I had to tell people that I was Mexican. And Mm -hmm. even after I told them that I was Mexican, they were just like, Oh, he's kind of like Asian, right? And I was like, no, I'm not at all Asian. And I just, it wasn't a bad thing. It just felt weird, like people thinking that I was something that I wasn't, you know? That's kind of understandable because, you know, you're a minority. (laughs) Do you think all minorities look the same or something? And they probably haven't seen much. Yeah. 
And let's face it, everyone gets like I guess some type of like I guess like they think like certain people look certainly the same, so they probably just mistake it for certain, mm-hmm. you know, ethnicity. So Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it's just I don't like the thing for me is like what really distinguishes like each race or ethnicity from each other and like how how it's so weird to like label one certain look for like that nationality or ethnicity. And that's like the thing that sort of like makes me think. Like there's like obvious differences or just like, you know, people are just ignorant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also it's not even like bad to ask people like, oh, where are you from? Like, what's your nationality? What's your ethnicity? Like, I feel like that that shouldn't be awkward. Like, it's, it's like, like if you aren't proud of where you come from, then like, like overall, you're just not going to be a good person, in my opinion. Right. Also, have know. you ever guys experienced like someone just walking up to you and speaking a different language, assuming that like you know it? Oh yeah, a lot. I feel I feel like since I'm I, I look Mexican, people talk like speak Spanish to me, but I I understand Spanish and I speak like Spanish like not fluently, so it hasn't been as bad as like you guys have it like. There's multiple languages, dialects, I, guess. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dialects. Yeah, I've had someone speak Spanish to me. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? No habla español. The usual. Oh. Damn. I don't know. Um, what else do I have to say? So I just want to ask a quick question since I'm doing this also mm-hmm. for my PBL. Have you guys faced colorism in your like specific so community? Think- have you guys like faced colorism? I feel like especially in Mexico, they prefer lighter skin. And it's kind of mm-hmm. sad. Really sad. Yeah, same with um, yeah, it's, over here, it man. Really sad. I think like all of Asia is like, it's just colorism. Because you know how all the K-pop stars like look like mannequins? Like there's pale. Yeah. Yeah, but with, like even like somewhere like India and Philippines, like everyone there is brown. They have like a lot. Like if, if you go on a TV in like India, Philippines, mm-hmm. or Thailand, like all the all the actors or all the models are going to be pale. Like, you're not going to see, like, a brown commoner. Yeah, that's true. You know what's with racism around people's bleaching to get lighter yeah. to fit a certain aesthetic? And it's like, why do they have to go through all that as their counterpart? Oh, my God. This is so A lot of it has to deal with like oh. colonialism or like because you know we have a lot of white colonizers mm-hmm. and they just want to mm-hmm. be just like the colonizers yeah i think that's where most of that came from do you guys hear that thing okay okay um i just want to say i don't mean that colorism is good i meant that 
like I, this is like a, a good conversation because um, we see this in a lot of minority groups where um, sort of like, I'm gonna make this more personal, like for Latinos, since my PBL is focused on Latinos, and I can't. I really wanted to discuss um, colorism overall, like in other communities, but like, you know, we have to get specific yeah. for the PBL. Um, so there's this thing called Mahor la Raza, and it's sort of like like make the race like better and superior. So it's this it's this idea that you have to like. You have to um, like. It's sort of like you have to marry someone who's like white, basically. Like that's what it's saying, and it's it's like to to lighten your children's skin so that they can have this uh, more opportunities and things like that. And that's probably like one of the grossest things that like happens in our community. In Asia, like a lot of people try to have like a weight. Like a lot of Asians try to have Asian babies so that their kids could be pale. Um, okay, so then in the rest of the chapter, they sort of have, they're having issues with ownership over the land. Um, okay, so Mary's parents are like, like um, sending her Mary letters, like telling her like, hey, you need to do this, you need to do that. And Mary's like really stressed out. She's doing, she's in her, like a nurse training right now and she's like stressed out. And she, it gets to the point where she's like, not even like putting in the energy or like, to like really interact with them and like send letters and say, hey, I'm doing this until like, I think maybe chapter 16 or even in 15, I'm sort of getting those confused up. But she like actually goes to Laura and Laura denies her like that, that ability to, to do that. He doesn't want to take any part of it. And yeah, that was one of the, that was like the chapter 15. Okay, do I go on to chapter yeah. 16 though? Okay, so in chapter 16, Mary talks about her when her brother came back. He would really never talk about his time as a soldier. So he would always say he would tell her later and that they never came. So she ended up meeting one of her brother's friends who fought with him. And he was telling her about the time in war. And she was kind of disgusted with how what they were doing there because you know since they were japanese they were kind of being tested to show their loyalty to america being put in the front line in heart during the war like they would be the first one to get killed essentially i I just think that's an awful thing to do having to put oh sorry Oh, okay. No, go, go, go. I just think it's awful because having to put someone in the front lines and they could possibly die there just to show them their loyalty for something that they didn't even do is something absolutely. Mm -hmm. I don't think we can like relate that to now. I mean, it kind of, since we have, if there's like, Middle Easterns in the U.S. Army fighting in the Middle East against other Middle Easterns. But I don't know, like, mm-hmm. what is, like, the best way to really, like, relate it to now. Hmm. 
Okay, um, I'm gonna say something. Um, a little okay. I was gonna say that this this country doesn't really care about us, and that's like the biggest thing. Like I I sort of learned reading this. It was like they they don't care at all. Um, we're sort of like pawns in their um, in this country. And it's it's if, even if it isn't war, like we're not in war right now. Um, even if it is that we're still stuck into our capitalist capitalistic society, and we're all like like getting ready to work and like work under the government, or even if you're not working under government, you're still sort of like like doing the most and receiving very little. And we can see that. Um, I don't know if, how you guys can relate this, but especially with my my parents who are immigrants, like they came here and like they're working these jobs that no one else will take. And and it's like this thing where like they're working from sunrise to sunset and getting paid dust. And that's like the biggest thing I've seen, not only for Latinos in general, but um, like all minorities group across the spectrum. It just happens to be that there's a higher disrespect for um, Latinos. And, and even in the study shown, I'm not sure where I read this, but um, Latino women are like the least paid woman slash minority group in the United States. And that, that's like one of like the craziest things to believe like that, you know, you can work, you can work like however hard you, you want, but there's like no way of really progressing in this country. And like, that's all I have to say about the this yeah. specific chapter. So it's like, we're like that since we're not like in actual war. We kind of are in war just like, it doesn't really affect the US. It's just like, you know, we're just taking oil from the Middle East type beat. That's how I, how I can best explain it. But yeah, let's move on to, what are we on now? I think, what, 17? Yeah, I think we're on chapter 17. So whoever like, did that one, you can read that. Oh wait, yeah. oh, wait, we're on chapter 17. I wrote that. Okay. <laughs> so it was the end of the war. Um, Mary's parents finally returned home. Um, well, they're traveling to go home. And um, Papa, Papa son gets sick. And in this chapter, they discussed the impact of the war, had, like the, the racism that was even happening after the war, even after Japanese Americans um, fought in the war that wasn't enough to give them sort of like, I guess, credibility or whatever, or acceptance. And um, there was just a lot, of, she was talking about a little bit of stories that were happening across the United States. And then, um, yeah, Yonichi, Yonichi, Yonichi returns, returns. Mary's close to finishing her nursing, nurse training. And um, there's still an ongoing, battle with the farm and Hopkins over ownership. He wanted to take the farm, but ultimately in this chapter, we find out that um, they win the farm back or Yunichi wins ownership back since he was the initial owner of the farm. Yeah. I guess. I think I kind of find it ironic because like back then, everyone's like used to be afraid of Japanese Americans. Like everyone was just scared of them. And then now they're like romanticized. Like everyone wants to be Japanese. 
or like they want to date a Japanese girl or date a Japanese boy, or like they're obsessed with like stuff like anime or like samurai swords. So like yeah, Japan's like love. Basically. Oh, what were we saying? Oh, I was gonna say basically an Asian. Yeah, place. yellow fever. Yeah, it's like a statistic. Like white men want to be with uh, Asian women the most. Oh, oh my gosh! I've never yeah. heard that. I am cringing so hard at this. You have no oh. idea. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I don't believe it. Oh my god. I mean, it might be outdated, but it's what the statistics <laughs> said. Oh, a nice statistic, so. Yeah. Oh. I don't really know what to add after that. You guys have anything to add? Um, what would I say? I don't know. I, I kind of wanted to add on to your thing. I feel like what you were saying was that um, why people surround themselves around different cultures and they'll like, like, I don't know, they'll just sort of like involve themselves to it so where, where it gets like where they want to be it. And it's sort of like this, this feeling of like how we've seen with the Black Lives Matters movements or even things that with like Mexicans, like they'll like involve themselves with the culture or they'll say they'll put this performative activism up just to like feel less guilt about themselves. And I don't know. Yeah, there's like people who are like, you know, like the fox eye makeup trend. Oh yeah. Yeah, like, people just like put on like mm. makeup to make themselves their eyes wider and it's like pretty much yellow face. Like they pretty much like just try to make themselves look Asian. And it's funny because Asian people get mocked because of their eyes. Yeah, because of their monolids. I think it's just... Never mind, I don't know where I was going with that. Uh, do we move on to chapter 18 now? Um, okay. I guess so. So, in 1959, both of Mary's parents became U.S. citizens. Uh, it was always a dream of their to become dream of theirs to become U.S. citizens, although it took them a while, they finally accomplished their dreams. Her brother and her dad spent working on the farm, and Mary was a nurse's aide. She then moved to Seattle and became a registered nurse, and while she was there, she met her husband, and then they moved to Boston, Massachusetts. They go back uh, during spring, like when all the fruit was there, her three kids you know that Mary's mother has cancer and she's very and in this chapter mama son dies and I was so sad <laughs> it was so sad about her telling her that she was ready to go yeah. <laughs> not that I was so sad but the giggle mm-hmm. I'm so... <laughs> oh my god um okay congratulations on their citizenship but i didn't even know that happened dang i didn't i don't think i read chapter 18 thoroughly but yeah that's so sad nine years to get that to get a citizenship 
or even longer because they were in the camp. It t- took them that long to get a citizenship, even though they've been citizens for a long, long time. Or like not even citizens, they've just right. been there illegally for a long time. Yeah. And at that, like not even, they were good citizens. Like you, you could tell at the beginning chapter that they genuinely cared about, I guess, sort of fitting in and not being different, which sort of sounds bad, but you know, that was their way of, um, I guess, gaining like acceptance throughout in their community. So it's sort of like sad to see that, you know, they couldn't get citizenship kind of the same earlier. Here. Like if you wanna, if you're like from like Latin America or Asia, in order to immigrate here, you have to like either come here from work. Like my parents came here cause like they are transported from one country to another and from like Dubai to here. But like, but if you just wanna move here, like normally just to live here, you have to like get help from someone who already lives in the US. And then you have to like, or you have to wait like 20 years or something like that. I don't really remember, but it's like something really strict with immigration. Or even like getting a visa if you yeah. marry an American citizen. Mm-hmm. Are we like the only country that does that? I think I heard something like we're the only place to keep like country that allows marriage, like marriage into citizenship. It's not marriage to citizenship. Places. It's uh, how do I explain? It's like pro, like a temporary citizenship. That's yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like after that, wait, what are we saying? Wait, is <laughs> sorry. I have a question. Is is it only the United States? Because if it isn't, like. I'm about to be getting married in every country. Like, it just sounds so... <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. But I think... But yeah, I think it might not just be in the U.S. I think... Cause like, there's other countries with strict immigration policies. I think China is an example. Or somewhere in the mid, Or places in the Middle East, I think they're a good example, too. Especially, I think, Dubai... Or the UAE. But there's not really is there anything else to say here about this chapter? Like moving on from the citizenship part. Because it's just like just a conclusion, basically. But is there anything to add? Uh, I think so. So, yeah, I guess I'll end it here. It's been like 32 minutes. But yeah, but this this has been the final episode of the Looking Like the Enemy 2 group. Well, bye. Bye. Bye.